0: Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Sky Fitness Podcast Radio Show coming to you on this Friday, July the 8th, 2022. Hopefully, it finds you staying safe and staying sweaty all at the same time. On today's episode, we are talking about how to eat junk food and you don't. And thanks for the episode, everybody. I'll see you next time. I'm kidding. Uh, I'm going to talk about uh, how to eat junk food. Um, To really just improve your overall eating habits and make them fit into your life and hopefully have you not be consumed by them in your life. Uh, Full disclaimer, uh, I'm at home right now. The audio is probably not as perfect as you guys are used to. And bear with me here as I have uh, one neighbor doing a full house renovation and another neighbor who is taking an AC unit uh, off the top of his house with a crane. My dog is here. Uh, Heather's in a hotel right now um, doing work for a resort we're staying at, which I'll touch on in a second. And there's people packed in my gym, so this is the best uh, I could do. So if there's some uh, disturbances here, I'll uh, I'll try to play it off like a pro as best I can. But we're going to talk about junk food. Now you guys can still eat food that you love, improve your health, and honestly feel good about your choices. Now I'm playing off a piece from Precision Nutrition – which I'll put in the show notes, uh, Brian St. Pierre and Alyssa Bauman kind of put this together. And I'm going to give the Notes version of what they uh, kind of put out there and my spin on it and what I've seen over the past, you know, uh, at this point, almost 17, 18 years uh, in the fitness industry, coaching people and what I've went through, obviously, myself to, uh, to make food just kind of fit in my life and not have it run my life. Uh, before I jump into that, just some quick housekeeping things. One reminder are... Five-week summer Metcon and Mobility Challenge is kicking off here in two days and 13 hours. So the official start date is July the 11th, which is Monday. Um, everything's going to be loaded inside the app on July the 10th. If you guys want to enter, it's jeremyskyfitness.app slash challenge. It's also in the show notes, and it's a buck. If you're not in the app, we're literally doing this for a dollar. Normally, this program, we charge, I think, between 169 and 189 for it. You're going to get it for a buck. Uh, if you're already in the app, it's free. Uh, we're trying to do something to actually help people be healthier, regardless of budget. I understand the world is in a weird financial place now, so making investments sometimes is difficult. This is a dollar. You don't have any excuses. And the app is is jammed full of more stuff than you guys will ever need on top of just this challenge here. And then again, we are giving away a grand prize of a three-night stay at the Savannah Resort and Spa, which is where Heather is right now. I'll be back up there later today. Um, I'll video it. You guys will see it. The place is amazing. If you if you like to be active or just like to chill, you can do both. They have so many uh, group fitness uh, classes, so many yoga classes, so many hiking adventures, biking adventures, paddle boarding. The spot is amazing. The food is all real. Uh, if you're into booze, the drinks are obviously super legit too. And you're kind of about 20 minutes north of my uh, facility in North Scottsdale, so you're kind of out there in the Scottsdale Carefree area, tucked in the mountains. It's a beautiful spot. And uh, we'll fly you guys out here, give you three nights for free, and uh, invite you to the gym. You can train with us. That's for the grand prize winner. And for everybody else, we're going to pick weekly uh, winners inside of uh, the group there. So if you're interested, check it out, jeremyskyfitnessapp slash challenge. You don't have any excuses. Uh, the mobility piece alone is worth a couple hundred times what we're charging. So check it out if you guys want to get down with that. You got a couple of days, so uh, don't be a lazy ass. Get up in there get your friends in there. It'll be fun. And uh, I promise you guys, you'll see all the work we've put into the app. And uh, it's, again, I can't say it enough. I've died to put this thing together. And I think you guys will really appreciate it. And it's worth it's worth every penny uh, and then some. So. Uh, also, we're brought to you by my friends at Athletic Greens. You guys already know, this is the one thing I take every single day and I never miss. If you've heard me talk about this 8 million times before, maybe this is the first episode We'll send you a free travel pack if you want to try it. So if you're nervous about making the investment, hit us up. We'll have Monica send you a pack right to your front door. You can try it 100% for free. Otherwise, you can check out the site, athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott gets you a year's supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first order. And people always ask, well, why do you take it? One, I'm not going to take 15 different pills anymore. I'm too busy for that, and it's really not productive. And I forget when I travel, to be honest. I'm a normal person, too. I'm just not as diligent with it. But on the road, I can take a sample pack of greens, rip it, throw it in water, and I'm good to go. 75 whole food ingredients, probiotics, digestive enzymes, the antioxidant equivalent to 10 to 12 servings of fruits and veggies. That's it. And it's the best tasting greens on the planet. There's nothing else that's even close, in my opinion. So hit me up if you want a free sample pack. Otherwise, check out the site, athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott. You'll get a year's supply of vitamin D, which you should already be taking, And five free travel packs with your first order. All other sponsors I'm going to put in the show notes Our friends at Dry Farms Wine. If you guys do like wines, Heather's favorite. Beam CBD, where we get all of our sleep and uh, THC-free CBD products. If you guys want the Beam Dream samples, I'm happy to send you a couple of those as well. I take it about five or six nights a week to go to sleep. My friends at Sleep Sold Separately, where I get all my joggers and my hoodies. Our friends at JLab Pro, our protein, turmeric, collagen, and krill oils. Uh, they right now they have a huge sale. ID25 gets you 25% off. If you guys want that hit me up. Uh I'll share it with you again. That's the, we work with Jay for the past decade plus. I can't say enough good things about him and, and what they do over there. And our friends last but not least at Kettle and Fire Bone Broth. They do uh they do great work. Best tasting bone broth. Healthy for you. If you guys want to check it out, uh all in the show notes from there. So that's what we got going on today. Now, we're going to talk about junk food here and how you can integrate it into your life. This is a tricky one. I'm going to try to go quick and not waste a bunch of time. But a lot of people will tell you that to be healthy, you have to eliminate all kinds of foods forever. And it's just not true. Um, It's just not realistic either. And you don't have to do that. And I say that because, one... Food that is delicious does serve a purpose, even if it contains little to no nutritional value. And I'll touch on that in a second. And 100%, abstinence is not necessary and almost always backfires. Uh, Obviously, there's outliers with everything. But for most people, it's just not a sustainable way to live life. And I've talked about this with BJ Ghidorah on this podcast before. Uh, one of the phrases, you know, he likes to use is if it's not sustainable, it's not attainable. And I truly do believe that. And so if you're trying to go 100% and 0% with food, it's really tough, dude. It's just really hard to, to make it the long haul. And that's the same way I feel about, you know, carnivore diet, which I have a whole podcast on here, which I've done it before. Uh, keto, I have a, we've done podcasts on this. All these super extreme things, for some people, they work but not for most. And this goes the same thing with anything that's, that's processed in junk food. And if you can't, you know, explain the ingredients, you shouldn't eat it. And I'll touch on that in this episode too, because I'm not saying eat shit. Obviously, you guys know me, you have to eat real food, you have to be healthy, but I'm also a realist. You also have to live your life. And I understand what comes with social eating, and partying and traveling and just being in different circles, you know, outside of your own individual bubble. But there's a couple of good reasons. Um, you can embrace junk food in moderation. Now, if you're listening to this and say, "Well, Jeremy, I eat junk food, dude," if you're feeding your face full of shit every day, I'm not talking to you. This is not for you. Um, but you can do it. You just have to draw that, you know, Mendoza line of, of how much real food you want to eat and how much trash you want to put in your body. And there's there's a line there that we all draw, and I'll touch on percentages here of what I think is probably healthy for most people. But if you're already eating garbage all the time and you're listening to this and I'm saying it's cool, it's probably not for you. You probably are already okay with eating junk food, obviously, and you have to gear more towards real food. But I'm not saying for you to go 100% and 100%. These people who are like, well, Jeremy, I can't believe you drink uh, like a Powerade Zero. Or I can't believe like you would drink a beer. You'd have, you know, a donut. Uh, Yeah, I'm a fucking human being. I'm not, you know, the Terminator. I mean, I was sent back here to, you know... Kill John Connor for Skynet. But all all jokes aside, like, I'm not a robot. I still do real people things sometimes because it's fun. And I like to enjoy myself in the scope of where I don't feel guilty. And that's what I'm going to touch on here. The reasons why you can embrace junk food. Now, obviously, there's people out there who prefer eating, you know, plain carrots to, uh, you know, french fries. But a vast majority of us, I, I think, enjoy the Ultra flavorful, um, honestly, you know, even neon colored world of processed foods of like Doritos and barbecue chips and these types of things. Now, I'm not trying to say for all the carrot eaters out there you have to start eating chips. What you're doing is awesome. You're a freak show, and it's amazing what you do. And you don't have to change a thing. But for a majority of the people who love. These foods, who love you know chips and cookies and cakes and and having kind of the more uh, colorful drinks out there, you can do that, and you can do it without feeling guilty every single time you do it, because a lot of people who do love those foods they experience this internal conflict around them. On one hand, they taste awesome, and on the other hand, you know these people don't want to ruin their health, and. What I'm saying here is if you like junk food, you can include it in your diet without feeling guilty. And here's why. Number one, everybody out here is trying to go like that zero, I'm never going to eat anything processed and anything in a bag or a box. You're probably going to fail anyway. I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just being completely honest and transparent. What I say in every talk I do, whether this is to high school kids, college kids, corporations, our clients... If it runs, it swims, it flies, it grows from the earth, eat it. If it's in a bag or a box, don't eat as much of it. I never say don't ever eat it, but you don't have to eat as much of it. And if you're trying to say, well, I'm never going to eat chips again. I'm never going to have a donut again. I'm never going to eat a cookie again. Maybe you'll make it. But most likely there's going to come a situation in time in the next 30 years of your life where you're not going to make it. And have you ever said... You know, that's it. I'm never eating this stuff again. And you probably assume your future would look like zero junk food is ever going to come into your body again. And the reality aiming for 100% of self-restraint in most things in life often goes more like, fuck it, I'll just do it anyway. And what I mean is, in this Precision Nutrition article, they actually wrote like they have like a screw it cycle is what they call it. And I get to what I like to say like, the fuck it cycle, honestly. Um, And I think this goes both ways for a lot of things in life. Uh, But a lot of people will say, I'm never going to eat donuts again. And then they eat one. And that leads it to this, screw it, give me all the donuts. And at some point, perhaps that's January 1st or any given Monday, um, you start this new declaration of abstinence and then the cycle continues. And rarely does it ever work. You know what I'm saying? Like where you kind of say you're never gonna do it, then you have one and then the avalanche of just overeating starts again and again and again. It's a lot of times this happens with alcohol too. In almost anything, honestly in life, and people say, Well I'm never gonna, you know, eat chips again and then they have one chip and then fuck it dude, that snowball, that downward spiral of overeating just starts and then they have this kind of eater's remorse and they say, Well, on Monday, I'll start my diet again. And then I say, I'm never going to do it again. And then the cycle repeats and repeats and repeats. So, what I'm saying is that going from all or nothing rarely ever works. Now, again, for some people it does, but it's few and far between, at least what I've seen over the years. Now, imagine how things could change if you allowed yourself to have, you know, a couple of chips on a regular basis and you didn't feel guilty about it. Or you allowed yourself to have a donut, you know, every Saturday or Sunday and you didn't feel guilty about it. In other words, You welcomed a little bit of that uh, processed, you know, bliss into your life every day. When you eat your favorite foods regularly and intentionally, you're less likely to consume them than when you eat a lot and then none and then a lot and then none. Plus, you feel a lot less, you know, disgusting and spun out of control and defeated. For most people, including, you know, a cookie here or there, including a, a slice of pizza here there including you know a couple of chips if you're if you're going to like a mexican restaurant and like chips are your bugaboo and you say i'm never going to have them again if you have a couple out at dinner that's great but maybe you just don't keep them in the house for most people doing that regularly actually helps you curb the cravings and you feel more satisfied however you guys all know yourselves best if there's certain foods you feel you're totally out of control with and you have trouble managing your portions or you feel like you're mentally and emotionally just checked out and you're a wreck while you eat them, sometimes it is easier to abstain from them completely or at least for a certain period of time. Again, if you're eating behaviors and habits are compulsive and out of control, that's for a whole nother podcast that we can do together. Now, for me, I used to not be able to keep so many things in my house. For for many years, we couldn't have peanut butter in the house because I would eat a whole jar uh, in a day. And I'm not exaggerating here. That's real talk. Uh, or like the Justin's Maple Almond Butter, which I think is like 14 bucks a jar. So you start going broke real quick. Um, I would eat a whole jar of that in a day. And I've done that more than once. Uh, there's certain things like with cookies, for example, like those little terrorists, um, bless their hearts, the Girl Scouts, They come to your house and bombard you with these cookies. And first of all, they they don't taste that great. Um, Sorry, anybody. And uh, what you find is when they're in the house, I would eat like not, I wouldn't even try. At some, I got to the point where I was just like, fuck it. I wasn't going to try. I would just eat a whole sleeve. I just eat a whole sleeve at a time. Just boom, done. And then I got to the point where like, well, I could just crush a whole box. And so now when they come to my house, I actually just give them the 20 bucks and I tell them to just take off give them to the guy next door, donate it to a family. I don't care. I don't want the cookies. Take the money. Um, so again, that was me though. So for me having those like little, like those little things you can sack on like chips, um, we've gotten better with at our house, but even certain times we don't buy them because if they're here, it starts that avalanche for me where it kind of starts this out of control overeating. where it's easy for me just to not have them in the house and I can kind of abstain from them completely. Um, I don't feel like I'm depriving myself, but I know if I have those little, you know, like a a pack of Oreos here, I easily am not just going to eat two Oreos. Like normal humans don't do that. I'm going to eat at least like, at least a sleeve, if not even more so. So again, but there is certain things now with peanut butter, I'm totally fine and I can have them. And there's certain healthier chips that we have here where I can have just a couple and I'm not going to eat the whole bag. You have to know yourself and your personality type and I used to be the person where I could only—I don't really do pizza like this because I don't do dairy. Because um, ever since I stopped doing dairy, you know, for the most part, other than if it sneaks into something, I felt a thousand times better. And that's just me personally. But it used to be I'd have to eat like two whole pizzas. Again, I'm not exaggerating. I would do like two whole pizzas at like Oregano's, or even like if it's a cheap pizza, like two whole pizzas at Domino's. And uh, Heather's witnessed this before. It's a—it's a, it's a pathetic—it's a pathetic trait I have. Yeah, And then it gets to the point where we would maybe order like pizza, uh, I'm talking years ago, and I'd order a giant salad. This place is called Oregano's here in the Valley, if you guys have ever had it, the pizza's uh, pretty good. Uh, I would do a giant salad, and their salads also are like enormous, uh, American-sized salads. And then I'd order a small pizza, and then her and I would split it. And I found if I could do that on a regular basis, it was way better off than not eating pizza for like a month, and then eating two pizzas at one time. So there is ways you can integrate these things into your life and have a couple of the things you like. For me, if it's never doing it at home is an easy way, but two, if you do have it at home, buying the single serving size stuff, like a single cookie or a two pack of cookies instead of a pack of 50, there's a grocery store chain here, Safeway it's called if you guys are on the West Coast, Um, Ralph's, Albertson's, similar, they'll do these two kind of bigger cookies and they're amazing. And it's like two cookies for like two bucks. Or you can buy 50 cookies for five bucks. Now, obviously, financially, I'm rather savvy. So I know the two cookies for two bucks is a terrible financial investment. However, for my health, it's a great investment because I find I'm not going to eat 50 cookies. Worst case, I eat two and don't feel like such an asshole. But if I eat all 50... I'd have a little bit of eater's remorse. So that's what I'm saying. You have to kind of put guardrails on your stuff and know what foods you can have in your house, which ones you can't, and which ones you can handle in moderation and which ones aren't easy for you. But I do find it's easier to have little increments, maybe once or twice a week, as opposed to waiting for five weeks and then just going off the deep end. Number two, junk food's not going to stop you from progressing towards your health goals if you do it in moderation. I'll repeat that. You can still have a beer a couple times a week. Shit, You can have a beer every day and still be shredded. You can have a glass of wine every day and still be shredded. You can have a single piece of pizza every single day and still be shredded. This is reality. If the rest of your day fits inside your macros, if you're in a calorie deficit or you're doing like a maintenance level management, this is possible. You do not need to eat 100% perfect all the time to make progress. In fact, aiming for perfection for most people usually backfires. You can go back to reason number one, that kind of all or nothing until they get to that fuck it point and go off the deep end. I've coached people for, again, about 18 years, thousands of people. We've learned that there is no magic percentage. Generally, all you need to do to improve your health and athletic performance is eat a diet that is composed of about, everybody's different. 70 to 80% of nutrient-dense, minimally processed foods. And that's your end goal. If you're someone like me, that percentage is obviously higher, but I'm a psychopath and this is what I do for a living. For most of you listening, if you eat a diet comprised of about 70 to 80% of nutrient-dense real foods, things that you can recognize, a a banana, uh, a piece of salmon, asparagus, that's what I'm talking about here, that's your end goal. If that guideline sounds like unrealistic... You can improve your health by slightly tipping the ratio towards more minimally processed foods wherever you're starting from. Even if you're trying to become the healthiest, fittest you ever, you don't have to aim to be 100% 24-7, 365 with no treats ever. Because as the food restriction goes up, so can other problems such as anxiety, uh, food obsession, uh, an unhealthy relationship with food. Eating disorders with food, I can go on and on. I've had many of my fitness uh, friends on here. Uh, I've been on here and talked about it. BJ's talked about it. Uh, Hannah Eaton's talked about it. Felicia Romero, Ashley Weens, All of us have been through some insanity with our obsession with food. And, And at some point, I think all of us had some type of eating disorder, whether diagnosed or not, just the way that we view food and how it works. So this is coming from me. You don't have to be 100% all-in 24-7, 365. In fact, I don't think that's sustainable. I'll always go back to the phrase, if it's not sustainable, it's not attainable. There'll be certain windows where you're perfect, sure. But you're a grown adults. You can eat what you want, when you want. You get to the point where you're not telling yourself you can't have it, you're just choosing not to. Again, if you look at a scale, think like meals. Like if you're eating zero-nutrient-dense whole foods, and then if you're eating some- nutrient-dense whole foods, and then most of your meals are nutrient-dense whole foods. Like, you want most of your meals to be mostly real food full of nutrients. Then you can have some meals that are kind of bullshit, um, like with friends or family or just something you want to do because you had a craving. That's fine because you've already put in the work beforehand and you know the percentages are playing in your favor. Now, again, due to the steep costs and trade-offs I would only recommend like the highly restrictive diets and like eating styles for people who are prepared for those trade-offs. These people are pro athletes, uh, physique competitors, uh, fitness people who take their clothes off still all the time for what they do, um, and celebrities like who are going to be in movies and shit. Like Those people who earn a living based off of how they look and how their body performs and moves. Um, and also those people tend to be surrounded by people um, who can help make that happen for them. So like if they have a chef and a trainer and a coach, and again, there's a financial incentive, that's easy. Even so, uh, most of the the pros, as I would like to call them, people like myself, um, only occasionally do we reach this you know, 90, 95, 99% mark. And even often then, it's only leading up to a competition or event or a role and then even some of us shift to a more like sustainable approach I think obviously what I do is probably a little extreme for a lot of people but I feel good here and I do it for internal health first the external part is just the the benefit now obviously I do certain things to look a certain way externally but I really do this for internal health and that's what matters the most to me number three There's a reasonable amount of junk food that can uh, boost your health in various ways. And I know that sounds really weird. Well, Jeremy, how can junk food boost my health? Well, ride with me here for a second. If you're consuming high amounts of low-quality foods, you're likely going to be unhealthier and feel like shit. That's just common sense. But your physical health only makes up part of your overall health. And I've done a podcast on this before where you kind of talk about the dimensions of... uh, health, you know, physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, there's a lot of things that go into that. And you have to think of the deep health dimensions as like a battery pack, right? So imagine you have all these little batteries, like your physical health, your emotional health, your mental health, your spiritual health, all these things make up how healthy you are. And some of the choices you experience kind of charge your batteries and some of them drain them. Um, If you charge more than you drain, you feel great. If you drain more than you charge, problems happen. Maybe you develop health issues. Uh, you struggle to get out of bed. Uh, you feel like trash. Too much junk food over time can obviously drain your physical health battery and make you feel like garbage. Now, depending on how much you consume in terms of like low-quality junk foods, it could bring things like brain fog, sluggishness, and that can also drain your mental battery. And this often leads to feelings of guilt, shame, frustration, um, eater's remorse, which can drain your emotional battery too. See, when I talk about health... It's not just physical. There's other things that come with it. However, if you exercise regularly, you sleep well, you manage your stress, and the center of your diet is mostly lean proteins, veggies, fruits, and minimally processed carbs and healthy fats, you can keep your physical, mental, and emotional health battery pretty well powered up. And that can help minimize the negative effects of junk food by maintaining overall health. So that'd be like, uh, say me, for example. Like if I was, I was back uh, 4th of July in Minneapolis, uh, got to hang out with my best friend, you'll only get to see each other maybe once or twice a year. I meet him at this place called Maynard's. Shout out to Maynard's. And uh, drink the most delicious, uh, you know, golden elixir that's ever been made, a Michelob Golden Draft Light. If you've never been to the Midwest, you've never had it. Um, it's not really the best beer ever, but when I'm there, it's all I I drink. And, uh, I had, I think I had three beers. I think he had like six. He's still living that Midwest life. I'm not in that kind of shape anymore. Um, I'm not conditioned, uh, to drink like I used to. So I had three beers with him at dinner, which is like the most I I ever have, like by a, a long shot and, uh, didn't feel guilty about it. Didn't feel bad about it at all. Uh, went to sleep that night, woke up the next day, had a great workout, and uh, super productive, and I crushed it. That's because a majority of my life is real food, and I exercise, and I eat right. And so my mental and emotional and physical batteries are powered up. And so those three beers don't take away from my health. It actually enhanced it. I had a couple beers, could bullshit with my good buddy, had a great time in a great location, and I felt awesome. So in that case, junk food, I guess, if you want to quantify it as that, can actually charge the other batteries, assuming that I consumed it intentionally, which is what I did. I went there with the mindset of like, yeah, I'm probably going to eat some waffle fries with ranch because we're in the fucking Midwest and I'm going to have a couple of McGoldens intentionally. And I say intentionally because you choose to eat those foods on purpose, not because it was there. I did it with purpose, with joy, with contentment, rather than with guilt. In an amount that aligns with my overall health goals, after weighing and accepting the trade-offs. Does that make sense what I'm saying? I'm going to repeat that really quick. I chose to drink beer on purpose, not just because we were there. I did it with joy. I was content. I did not feel guilty. I did not have eaters or drinkers remorse. That aligned with my overall health goals, And I weighed and accepted the trade-offs of having three beers. And you know what it did? Nothing to me. Had a great fucking time. It was awesome. I would do it again. See, I say that because at the end of it all, you have to kind of look when you're eating food, like what it's doing. Obviously, social health is a real thing. If you consume foods with friends and people you love. Now, you can't do that all the time, but you can pick and choose your spots. Your existential health. If that awesome food aligns with your soul, with your pleasure, and doesn't make you feel guilty, it's okay. People who are addicted to cookie dough. I think my wife has like a cookie dough soul um, or a wine soul, and that aligns with her health goals. And then obviously your emotional health. Um, Small intentional indulgences help you feel content, relaxed, satisfied rather than deprived or resentful. So the result is you guys having a beer or having ice cream or having pizza like with your your family on pizza night or whatever it is may actually boost your overall health. Even if it doesn't directly benefit your physical health. And again, I'm not saying you can do this all the time. Obviously, everything's in moderation. But you have to really understand what your goals are and look at the percentages of your day. It's like when people harass me and I always come back to the Powerade Zero. I can't believe you drink that. Dude, I drink like two gallons of water a day and I drink one Powerade Zero that is 28 ounces and the number one ingredient in there is water. And then all the other ingredients are less than 1%. Like you gotta be a real fucking person, dude. If I couldn't do that, if I could only drink water and drink plain black coffee and eat asparagus and fish every day, like what are we even doing here? Like like what's this? Have you ever watched The Office? when uh they're they're talking to creed and they're telling him maybe he can't go scuba and he's like what's this all about if i can't scuba what is this all about even like what are we even doing here with in life and i i think of that in a comical way when people give these extremes i'm like dude if you're telling me i can't sit by a fire with my best friends and like drink a whiskey ever or i can't be on a boat like we're out on the lake or my wife and I are on a catamaran tour in the middle of the ocean and I can't have just an ice cold beer with her watching the sunset. Like what the fuck is this even about? Like, why am I even doing split squats? My God, like why am I riding the goddamn assault bike if I can't drink a whiskey now and then, you know what I'm saying? Like, or have a cookie or have a pizza or eat cinnamon rolls. Like what is life even without cinnamon rolls? Like, what are we even doing here? So that's kind of how I look at it. Now, To ensure you guys can keep your favorite foods in your life and power your health, giving you more, you know, essentially battery power than draining it, here's five quick steps. And you have to decide, number one, whether the benefits are worth the trade-offs. Think about your favorite treats and how they affect your deep health. Ask yourself, like, is the food worth it? If not, maybe you want to just skip it and wait for the next time around. You know, you don't want to eat something that's going to drain your physical health and also foods that drain your emotional health because you feel ashamed and guilty. Or it drains your social health because that shame causes you to retreat to a lonely parking lot in a hidden corner of your house and eat food like you're, you know, um, like what do they call that? Like you're you're hiding food and you're eating it secretly. I thought there was like a name for that, Um, you know, where you're secretly doing things. And we've had people on the podcast talk about this before. And when I say like, is the food worth it? I always go back to when I was dead broke um, and I would do like a cheat meal a week, like old school bodybuilding uh, diet. And I don't do that much different than I do it now, but I am more way more flexible um, than rigid these days because I can control everything and I do things based off how I feel, not how I look. But I would drive through, you know, like the Taco Bell drive through and uh, sometimes it would be like... F- I'd say fresh, like, meaning they just made it a couple minutes ago. There's nothing fresh about that shit. Um, but it would be fresh, like, it's hot, it's warm, and it would be, like, a good Taco Bell experience, if that is what I'm describing. And then sometimes you'd go through it, and that, those tacos been sitting out there for about 45 minutes, and the, the nachos are stale as fuck. And then you'd eat that, and I'm like, that wasn't worth it to me. But A, I didn't have any more money. And two, that was my cheat meal for the week, and I would feel just, like, pissed off, and I would regret it. And... Now, I wouldn't feel shame about it, but I'm like, that really wasn't worth it. And that's what I'm talking about. Is the food worth it for you? Again, now there is food where it's absolutely worth it. Um, If it adds meaning to your life, if it's part of your social ritual, if it helps you cope with stress along with other adaptive coping skills and strategies, but only you can decide that. And after thinking about the pros and cons, you have to make an intentional choice to either include the food or not include the food. Again... I was just on vacation. I went to the greatest um, bakery that exists in the United States of America. Shout out to Blado's Bakery. Uh, if you guys have ever had Blado's Donuts before, you know. Um, I'm gonna share this really quick. On Saturdays, it opens up at 7.30. I got there at 7.15. There was a line of about 50 people already. So I was number 51. When you get inside of here, it's no bigger than probably my wife's office inside and nothing is labeled there's not a single donut that's labeled there's no prices on anything and it's very much like seinfeld and the soup nazi you just need to know what the fuck you want to order how many donuts you want to order which ones they are and then get your ass through the line um they're way nicer than like the the soup nazi on the episode of seinfeld but it's very similar and it always baffles me that, that it can still exist to this day because there is nothing labeled and there's no prices and You kind of have to just know uh, the the system and the process. But the point is, is that the donuts are amazing. I've been all over the world. I've had donuts in a lot of places, but it's not comparable. And uh, it's just I don't know what they do, man. Um, I hope that place exists, you know, for another 100 years, because it's, it's, uh, it's impressive. But the point is, is that that's part of my fourth of July routine. That's part of my social ritual. That's something that we always do with family and friends. And I always buy like a dozen and I don't eat A lot of them, because I leave them for my old man, because my dad never goes there and picks them up. And I know deep down he likes them too, because why? Everybody fucking does. And so that's, it's much bigger to me than just eating a donut. Now they are like as addicting as like cocaine. So I do crush a good amount of them, but they're amazing. And so I made an intentional choice and that food is worth it to me. Some of the other foods are not. Step number two, you got to notice and name any negativity. Let's say you decide to eat, you know, crunchy, cheesy snacks in your uh, in your diet. Cheetos, hot Cheetos, whatever people are into. And then you hear the voice in your head saying, no, don't touch the orange dust. You know, like your fingers are just like the most disgusting things of all time. And yet two minutes later, after you scolded yourself like a little disobedient puppy, you're up to your forearms again in sticky orange powder. Now, despite it, um, the judging... A voice it didn't work instead of scaring you into doing the right thing the voice just provokes you to do the opposite eat more and why is this well for one no one likes being told no a big scary you know middle finger saying no to your inner teenager you're going to want to rebel and eat the whole bag you ever tell your you know like a kid oh make sure you don't you know try alcohol Jeremy make sure you don't try drugs Jeremy yeah Worked out real fucking great. The more you sometimes tell yourself no, the more you want to do it. Um, And it causes you to feel ashamed and shove a bunch more food in your mouth to comfort yourself. Often in a secret way, um, away from other people so you're not being judged by others. And you got to work with the voice and the feelings it provokes. And try a simple technique called notice and name. And what does that mean? Well, in this piano article, they kind of talk about... Paying attention to your thoughts and feelings and your actions. That's why I always say you have to audit how you feel when you eat things. What are you doing right now? What are you thinking right now? What are you around right now? Naming these means you describe the situation to yourself. When you notice a negative name, thoughts about your food choices, it might sound like this. I hear the this is bad voice in my head right now, noticing that I'm also feeling kind of ashamed and in a rush to eat the whole thing to get it over with awareness of why you're eating something and what you're eating and how you're eating it and when you're eating it gives you time to respond. From there, you can consciously decide what to do next. Maybe you crunch away and away and away and you keep eating, or maybe you sit with that voice in your head to see if anything changes. For example, if you sit there long enough, that voice initially that you're you're talking to yourself seems so angry, it might shift into a voice of, of concern. You know, I'm just afraid that if you eat too much, you'll get some terrible disease or you'll feel sick or you'll have this eater's remorse. And if you sit there further, that voice may reveal like a deeper sense of like self love and care. I know it sounds kind of crazy. But it's the truth. We have these internal conversations with ourselves every single day all the time. You sell yourself on why you should eat pizza versus you shouldn't eat pizza. You sell yourself on why you're not going to drink wine today versus drinking wine today. You sell yourself on why you can walk past the cake in the store and grab vegetables or you can't. You're selling yourself in those moments and those are internal conversations you're always having with yourself and don't ignore them. Sit there for a second and be there and ask yourself like, you know, is this trade-off worth it? Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Is the juice worth the squeeze? Because at the end of the day, deep down, all you really want for is your body to be happy and healthy. Because I think the internal you is just looking out for you. And that's much easier to listen and start feeling that work as opposed to, why do I always give in? Why do I always fail? Why do I always fuck up? Why can't I break these habits? You can. You just have to be willing to slow down and listen. And like I've said in a million podcasts before, is the juice worth the squeeze? Sometimes it is. Sometimes it isn't. Step number three, this is a huge one. You got to set up guardrails. I've talked about this many times before. Uh, Impulsive eating goes something like this. Well, mom brought home, you know, these awesome homemade brownies. And chances are you walk away with that experience feeling like, you know, a bag of shit. Because you smash brownies in your face Until you wanted to basically shit puke on yourself Just talking from personal experience here um, Or maybe your thing isn't brownies Maybe it's uh, breads Maybe it's cake Maybe it's pizza Maybe it's chips Maybe it's french fries Who knows? We all got a bugaboo Something that uh, that drags us down Now guardrails can help you navigate The tempting opportunities with some control So you can basically rein in these impulsive experiences and to set them up use a framework Um, it's this you know basic 3s framework it stands for systems, structures and schedules this is from precision nutrition they have a basic kind of 3s and it sounds a little bit funky but it's not that complex you basically design like a junk food system right and systems are the practice and rituals that help you align your actions with the intentions and your goals To set up a system to make intentional eating easier, you might ask yourself the question, what will make it easier to eat intentionally and harder to eat impulsively? You all got to start there. What will make it easier to eat intentionally and harder to eat impulsively? Maybe you do uh, a weekly grocery store run or a weekly meal prep to have healthy food accessible ready to eat. I tend to go to the grocery store every single day. Um, It's a bigger pain in the ass very much European style but it is easier for me to make choices in real time and then have just food prepared fresh and easy and don't have anything excess laying around the house for me that's a guardrail honestly for me intermittent fasting is a guardrail I only eat from this time to this time that's it so if I'm gonna eat once a day I'm gonna eat from you know five o'clock till eight o'clock or five o'clock till nine o'clock and that's my window so for 20 hours I'm not doing anything I know for a lot of people that's not the best route. That's extreme. I'm not telling you to do that, but that is a guardrail for me. Also, buying family sized bags of snacks and, and, and cookies and chips and stuff, if you can handle that, maybe you reportion them into individual serving size bags, or maybe you only buy the pre portioned snacks or the individual packets, the 100 calorie snack packs, uh, the individual peanut butter packets. So you only have certain things around and you have to open up multiple individual packets to kind of impulsively eat them, which I think is a much better visual trigger to seeing what you've done as opposed to if you have a giant family-sized bag of uh, goldfish and you keep reaching your hand in there, who knows how much you ate. So for me, the guardrails are buying individual-sized things and not keeping those things in my house. Also consuming your favorite low-quality foods and junk foods after your largest meal so you're less likely to overeat on those from sheer hunger. This is also what I do. I never just come home and be like, you know what? I'm starving. I've been feeding cinnamon rolls. Let me eat all the cinnamon rolls and then make a steak and asparagus. I don't do that. I eat food first. I always eat my meal first and then if there's any snacks or treats, that's always afterwards. It's like a little kid, even that's the same way I eat my normal meals. Honestly, I eat all when I eat my dinner, I don't eat like a normal person. like last night we were at this uh, the savannah resort. I got uh, crab cakes to start, which were amazing, by the way. And then I got salmon, asparagus and green beans. It's a Thursday night. I'm not going to go fucking ham on Thursday nights, guys. Um, but again, that's me. So I ate all of the asparagus and all the green beans before I even touched the fish. Now, I'm not saying you have to do that. I go, but for me, that ensures I eat all of the greens first. I eat all the salmon. And then if we're going to have anything else, if it's like fingerling potatoes or crab cakes, then I'll dig into those. So I do it in order of importance. And I think the, the same thing works for like the junk and kind of treat meals. It, it gives you a system. It gives you some guardrails. I think that can help a lot of you guys. Also, adding some structure. Structures are the environments that contain us and they shape our habits. That includes your home, your workplace, your gym, the places you go. You create an environment that supports mindful eating and supports healthy eating. Again, it's like the same thing with the friends. Like, look at the five people you surround yourself with. If they're all 500 pounds and eat and drink like shit, odds are you're not gonna be, you know, Beyonce or Brad Pitt from Troy anytime soon. You could be, but it's tough, man. That's part of your structure, that's part of your environment. You have to ask yourself, what needs to be around me to help me eat with intention? That goes for your husband or wife. It goes for your kids. It goes for your home. It's the environment you keep yourself in. I've said this a million times. I am only this successful with eating and training and and how I live because I've created an entire ecosystem so I can thrive in it. Where I can go to work when I want, say what I want, do what I want. I'm in control of everything. Now, I put out fires all day and little shit goes wrong and I have the same stresses and Fucked up things in my life that everybody else does. But I've created an environment that puts me in the best position to be successful. If I was not, this would be 10 times harder. So make your life easier and ask yourself the question, what needs to be around you to help you eat with intention? Maybe you decide to stack your kitchen with healthy foods. Foods that you like. Foods that are easy to eat and visible. Like if it's fresh fruit on your counter. If it's healthy yogurts, if it's healthy, you know, the true story does great deli meats and cuts of meat, you can just grab meat and put it in your mouth. You have all your favorite drinks around, water, sparkling water, if it's power rate zeros, healthy things that you can see and grab if you need to. Again, create a healthy environment. Have healthy things to grab as opposed to just chips and cookies and cakes all the time. Because when those things are in sight, it's tough. Out of sight, out of mind, it works here. Again, I've talked about this already. Turn your home into a safe zone with limited tempting foods, so you don't succumb to like this impulsive eating when you're having a bad day and keep those tempting foods out of sight. You know the point where you get so hangry, where you just want to bite your fucking hand off, you'll eat almost anything that's in your path. But if the only thing that's there is like carrots and hummus and you pound water, that will get you through till you can eat a healthy meal. But if you don't have carrots and hummus around, and all you got is just, you know, a huge bag of Doritos, we know how this is going to play out. You have to turn your home into a safe zone. Now, if you take the long route to the bathroom at work, both to get in more steps, as well as to avoid your coworkers' candy bowl, this is a way to go about it. Now, some of you guys don't work in an office, but the ones of you who do, if you can bypass the break room if you can bypass the unhealthy people if you can skip lunch with the people who are not health conscious whatever you can do to make your life healthier and avoid them dragging you down you have to do that now i'm not saying you have to take the the long route to the bathroom every single day at work but these are little things you can do all these little things add up To create a healthier environment for you. And when I say environment, I just mean your overall atmosphere that you are living in. We all live in the world together, I understand that. But we're all in our own individual bubbles. And you got to make yours the strongest one possible so you can be the most successful. And the last one here, just talking about scheduling. you got to schedule a time um, for certain behaviors. So they don't bleed into your life 24-7. To help make, you know, your junk food more intentional, you have to ask yourself, when I schedule, you know, these treats and these cheats and the snacking, I need to do it so I can enjoy them and not feel so guilty and anxious. So what I would say is create a flexible uh, meal plan schedule that is based on healthy meals, but intentional pleasures. So if you like to have a fun sized candy bar, you know, after your workout or a small bowl of ice cream after dinner, that's cool as long as the rest of the day was in check and it fits your macros and most of the food you're eating was real and it agrees with your body and you feel good. You can schedule your snacks in the same way. Um, every day at 3 o'clock, you know, you're going to have your work break and you're going to have a, a couple of dark squares of uh, chocolate or maybe it's when you have your coffee, you do it. Who knows? You're doing it at a time where you can enjoy it, you're mindful, and you have zero distractions and you're really being there and you're not just rushing through the meal you know, because you feel guilty. You're doing it to enjoy it. Uh, Maybe you organize a weekly or a bi-weekly evening with friends and family where you you have a couple of drinks or maybe you have chips and it's a a social and existential health boost. It's not just a, a, a junk food boost. Again, those small changes can help you eat junk food without feeling deprived and restricted, but also lets you consume them because you want to. Not because they're just there. I keep going back to that. These are intentional choices you're making. Now, again, if you fucked up 800 times already in the week, this is not for you. But if you've been awesome and you've been putting in the work, be mindful about it. Really plan your treats and cheats. It, it, it's so beneficial, you guys. It's the only way I can keep doing this. It's like I plan things with Heather. I plan things with myself. I plan things with friends. and I And I eat healthy and amazing all around that. And I don't feel guilty when I do it. It's the greatest place to be. It's a balance that I didn't have at, at 26 years old. But it's a healthy balance I have now, and that's my hope for all of you. And and mine is, is probably more extreme. I might be 97%, 3%. You might be 71%, you know, 29%. And that's great. The juice is worth a squeeze for me, and it's it's worth it's worth a squeeze for you, just at different percentages of what's real food and healthy versus what's maybe not as quote unquote healthy, but it is healthy just in other ways, not to our physical health. Number four, you got to enjoy it, man. It sounds like a no-brainer, but you got to enjoy it. If you're going to eat something delicious, make it the best fucking thing it can be. Make it the best donuts on the planet. Make it the best pizza you can have. Make it the best wine, the best beer, the best mixed drinks. Don't just settle for the stale old Taco Bell bullshit. Savor the experience. I mean, I mean, really do it. Food is meant to be enjoyed. It's a fuel source for sure, and that's most of the time what we do. But it's also meant to be enjoyed and allow you feeling satisfied. So pay attention to your experience of eating. Consume the treats that allow you to enjoy them, but in a setting that you enjoy them. Step away from your computer. Don't be glued to the TV. Don't be talking on your phone while you do it. Don't do it as you're on in and out of a gas station or driving in your car. Really sit down and have an experience. If you're going to enjoy it, I promise you guys this is a game changer. Slow down. Take a few deep breaths. Calm yourself. Don't be distracted by thoughts of anxiety or whatever. Just really enjoy drinking a beer. Use your senses, your sight, your smell, your touch to enjoy all the flavor profiles. That's what you're there for. Eat slowly. The longer it lasts, the calmer you'll be, the more you're going to enjoy it. Again, don't feel guilty about it. Just really bring awareness to any negative feelings you have and shift your senses again with how good it tastes and that you've done everything right up until this point. And number five, real quick, when you mess up, just move on. The truth is, once in a while, you're going to fuck up. You're going to stumble, you're going to fail, you're going to eat impulsively. We all do sometimes. Um, even the best of us, you know, we will have a slip up or maybe give in on the day we didn't want to give in. And when you catch yourself mindlessly eating, and just inserting random shit into your mouth, call it out. Do a little detective work. Ask yourself, what led to this moment? Why did I give in right now? Why did I break the promise I made to myself? Why did I negotiate a bad choice versus a good one? Has this ever happened before? When did it happen before? Why did it happen before? What might I do differently in the future? Once you've gained some insight And why you did it, why you fucked up, if it was stress, your kids, your wife, the economy, you know, who fucking knows. Identify it. Talk about what you'll do in the future when this happens and then wipe the slate clean. Don't fucking worry about it. What you just ate a few minutes ago doesn't matter. It's over. No amount of negativity is going to undo it. Don't dwell on the past. There's far better things in the future than any shit you left in rear of your rearview mirror, including the pizza that you just jammed down your throat. Learn from it and move forward. Take a positive step in the dimension of your health. Go for a walk. Snuggle your pet. My God, the amount of emotional and social health I get from that. I say it all the time to my wife. We sit on the couch with our dog and I go, this is the best fucking thing of my day. And I mean that with utmost sincerity. I love my job. I love what I do. I love helping you guys. I love fitness. The best thing I do every day is if I can just come home, relax, sit on my couch. My wife, my dog, and me are there. And we're just like half the time talking to our dog, half the time watching Dateline. I'm super fucking boring, you guys, in my, in my personal life. I'm the most boring human ever. But I love that. And I get this emotional health From petting a dog and petting an animal. So my point is that if you ate like shit, let it go, dude. Move forward and do things that are going to put you in a positive state of mind. And sometimes that's going for a walk and feeling good and getting some steps in. Sometimes that's just petting your dog and talking to it in your weird pet voice. We all have one. Um, Or just relaxing in a beautiful, amazing setting. uh, That's existential health. Or write about what happened in journal in your journal if you guys have one and and make a a real note or make a mental audit note um, about what happened and what you're going to do in the future about it. And that's a mental and emotional health play. Again, when I talk about eating junk food, obviously eating processed shit is not great for your physical health. But if you do it in a way that is intentional and not random, or you planned it and didn't just fuck up. That is great for your emotional health in the right context, your social health in the right context, your existential health in the right context, and your mental health, especially if you can tie it to the social health component. I really believe that. We all deserve to eat some foods and drinks that we love. We all deserve pleasure. You just have to draw the balance there. For most people, 78%, 70 to 80% is probably where you're going to be. If you want to be a little bit fitter, 85%, 90%, 95%. Fuck, even 99% if you want to be a psychopath, John Wick style killer like myself. However, trying to be too perfect, trying to be 100% all the time and never being flexible in anything you do ever, I think leads to diminishing returns in the long run. I think that it leads you to going off the deep end. And binging and purging and binging and and trying to eat perfect and then binging and then fucking up and failing and fucking up and failing. And nobody wants to do that. We're looking for a sustainable lifestyle you can do for the next 30, 40, 50, 60 years. And that comes with balance. And that comes with knowing yourself and auditing your eating style and your eating behaviors and your patterns and understanding how much social eating and drinking you want to do and what your fitness goals are. And just being intentional about them. I keep coming back to the word intentional because you have to be. Nobody magically just got into the best shape of their life and stayed there on accident. Nobody became a millionaire and got debt free and stayed there on accident. Nobody graduated college with a 3.8 GPA on accident and then got an amazing job And had a successful career and stayed there on accident. All these things were intentional decisions done day after day after day after day. So again, you don't got to be perfect. You just have to find a balance and really understand why you're doing the things you're doing. And instead of denying yourself and demonizing junk food, I would tell you find a balance there. Approach it in a way that you think is going to be sustainable for you and your goals and your happiness. Now, don't approach it like how I used to drink in college. Either I'm going to have 25 beers or no beers. You know, it just doesn't work. Uh, I think there's a moderation key for all of us that we can find. If you can find that, you'll be successful. You know, having fun and enjoying these foods and drinks. It's awesome, in small regular doses, and only you can draw that line. But I think if you take the keys I listed out here and you be real mindful and intentional about it, you guys will find a pretty good balance. And I've done a podcast on why eating right is so hard because you're trying to change behavior patterns and and decisions that are you know laced in you know decades and decades of, of bad habits and behaviors and impulsive decisions. But we're we're talking more intentional here uh, than impulsive, so. Hopefully that helps you guys. Again, this is not a pass to go out and feed your body full of shit 24-7. But it's also not me screaming at you saying, hey, you can never eat and drink foods that aren't completely organic and perfect. Because people always with that, well, if you don't understand the ingredients, you can't, you shouldn't eat it. I'm like, first of all, if you guys looked at like what's in a banana, obviously the ingredient is banana, but what's the makeup of a banana? Well, there's water in a banana. There's sugar in a banana. There's acid in a banana. There's a million things that are in a banana. You don't understand half of them. And I know it's just a single fruit, but that's for most things. And just because you don't know every single ingredient doesn't mean you can't eat it. Now, do I think you should eat mostly real food? that runs and swims and flies and grows from the earth and if it can be organic, that's great? Yes. Do I think the number one thing you should drink is water? Yes. Do I think the only thing you should ever eat is real food, 24-7, 365? No. Do I think you should never drink a diet soda and you should never have a beer and you should never eat chips? No. That seems like a miserable existence. Again, I'll go back to the, if we can't eat a cinnamon roll once in a while, if we can't have a whiskey with our friends once in a while, if we can't have a taco once in a while, what's this all about? Like, what, what are we even doing here, right? So again, that's how to eat junk food, hopefully help you do it in a safe, intentional way that fits your lifestyle and adds to your health and doesn't take away from your health. Again, moderation's the key, you guys. Pick your spots, be intentional about them, and enjoy your decisions. And if you fuck up and you fail, which we all do at times, wipe the slate clean, move forward, learn from it, and be better the next time. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Again, reminder, if you want to sign up for our five-week Summer Metcon Challenge, you guys got about two days here. It's The link is in the show notes. This is jeremyscottifitness.app slash challenge. It's a dollar to join. You guys, it's the dirt cheapest thing we've ever done. I promise you it's worth hundreds of times what we're asking you for it. It's going to help you move better and feel better. And the workouts are going to rip your face off in a really healthy, safe way. And if you guys want a free sample pack of athletic greens, hit me up. I'll send you one. Otherwise, the link's in the show notes if you want to check it out. and get hooked up from there. So I got to head back to the resort here. Um, Sorry if the uh, audio isn't perfect, but I did the best I could with what I got. I appreciate you guys. I'll be on either Sunday or next week. And until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people. And please, you guys, keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.